Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Everybody. Welcome to another version of Bill Roden on sports. Bill Roden, I'm here in a, well, it's no longer an undisclosed location where everybody knows where we are. Sort of. Sort of. Well, we don't, I don't know if we want everybody to know where we are, but uh, we're here in Midtown Manhattan, the Lincoln Center, Columbus Circle uh, thing. Anyway, here with my great co-host, uh, the great Jamal Murphy. Murph, what's up? What's up, Bill? Glad to be here. Uh, all together in studio. Sounds great. I That's love right. it. That's right. You'll be seeing. And then, of course, across from me, the equally great Nabate Isles. Nabate, what's hello, going on, Hello, man? Bill and Jamal. How's everything? Good, good, good. Right. Oh, good. So listen, man, you know, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, at some point, we got to talk about Tiger Woods already accepted pieces of silver. Uh, mm. Got the Medal of mm. uh, Freedom. I don't know about that. Mm. And then, uh, of course, you know, the Boston Red Sox which I find a little more interesting, given Boston's history, that they're split. Not mm-hmm. everybody with the Red Sox wanted to go to the White House, and some, like the manager, Alex mm-hmm. Cora, decided to lay out. Mm-hmm. He did not go. He, no, he didn't go. And, in fact, some other players, uh, right? Some, uh, yeah, Mookie, other, yeah, Mookie Betts yeah, Mookie didn't Betts, go. Jackie Bradley, Xander Bogarts, uh, Rafael Dever, um, Devers, excuse me, David Price. Right. Those wow. are amongst the people that are not going. Not going yeah, yeah, which my is, new favorite players. Yeah, I, <laughs> Automatically, yeah, which, yeah. which is interesting. You know, I don't know how you guys felt, but when I was a kid, um, you know, if you were invited to the White House, like a team just normally just went to the White House. That mm-hmm. was like a big honor. Right. right. But now, since since uh, POTUS forty five, now it's a litmus test. What's his name? You can't say. I can't even okay. remember POTUS forty five. <laughs> but it's become it's become a litmus test right. of of your politics, right? Which is funny, right? Because when you think about it. We've had many racist presidents in the past, right. but I guess it was it was so normalized then, and I think I guess now we we thought I guess with Barack Obama we thought we were getting past this to some extent, and then to go back to have a president like we have now is just like a major shock to people's system. Maybe I and, don't know. And those presidents were more subtle about it. Yes, yeah, they were smarter. <laughs> they were well, smarter. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny after the nineteen thirty six Olympics, uh, you know, they were making a big deal of of Hitler snubbing um, uh, Jesse Owens, but he said, Owens said that, yeah, well, you know, um, the biggest snub came from the White House because FDR, Franklin Delarola, didn't invite him mm-hmm. to the That's White House. Right. So, right. So that was the thing. So it's interesting, but I think you're right. Now, <laughs> when somebody says they're not going, we almost see it like, yeah, right, my new favorite player. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, I like... I like the manager of the Boston Red Sox. Right, <laughs> exactly. And uh, and uh, what's his name? Price. Now I'll be moving for Price. Price. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, baby, get that Cy Young. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. Hit him, man. Who would you say the other ones are? Oh, we, oh, we, we um, need to repeat. Jack, yeah, Jack, hear the names. I'll give the, all the right. names. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jackie, Jr., Mookie sh- Betts, shout Xander Bogart. Shout out to them. Um, Rafael um, um, Davers, uh, Devers, right? Yeah. Devers, yeah, sorry. Uh, Sandy Leon, uh, Eduardo Nunez, David okay. Price, Christian Vasquez, and Hector Velasquez. And, and remember now. Wait, are, are all the white players going? Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty, yeah. That's going to be an interesting conversation and locker room talk <laughs> conversation. But, you know, if you look at a lot of Hispanic players, Latin players, right. because you look at what this administration right. is doing, the war that this administration is waging at the border. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm from Latin America, 
I'm like, and that's what Cora was saying. He said, you know, I'm, he's Puerto Rican. Yeah. And he was saying, man, this administration never supported Puerto Rico. Did, did not so. support. So how am I going to go and shake hands with this guy? Right. So, you know, again, you know, uh, politics enters our arena. That's right. Which yeah. is a sports arena. Well, hey, you know, we didn't ask for it. It just happened. He just know? did it. This, this guy, <laughs> this guy, you know, but it's, it's, you know, but I think this is a story to follow up. I'm wondering yes. what the repercussions are going to be in these clubhouses. That's exactly, I was going to say, going to say that. Yeah. And, and plus the Red Sox have been underachieving this year as well. Right. So. Well, they got time. Though. I, mean, know, it's like, I mean, it's like. Oh, they have, they have time, man. but that bullpen is. You know, and the staff is like, you know, it could be a long, it could be a, a long lasting problem this right. season. But that's for okay. Them. I mean, they, are, they won, they won they, last year, right? They won the World Series. They won the World Series. So, so, yeah. they, got, they got a honeymoon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so speaking, I'm a Mets fan. Don't, don't you dare feel sorry for the Boston Red Sox right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't feel, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying they got a long way to go. That yeah. American League is brutal, you know? Yeah. So, Do the Mets still have a team? Uh, I don't know. Good question. We're going to go yeah, check. Right, we will. Right. We, no, no, they do. That's right. We're, they're a friend of the program. We will be out at City Field yeah. later on. But listen, well, I wanna, you know, there's, there's a lot of hoops to talk about, man. Mm. Even though it's late night hoops, mm. uh, we've got uh, Boston becomes the first to go home, mm-hmm. right? In the second uh, round, yeah. Sec- second round. We got to get into that because, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if we made predictions on this show, but some people predicted that Boston was going to the, you know, Wait a minute, I think it was me. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I it was me. I, pre- I, predicted, I predicted Boston and uh, Toronto. So who, who are you blaming? Uh, uh, no, no, Boston and uh, Houston. In the vine, woo. I said, well, now Houston that still. Bold. That was bold. Houston still, chances got, got a little better. They're still hanging on. But what do you guys think? I mean, let's, let's go over results. We've got uh, let's do, let's, Boston done. Well, Boston the, big, the done. biggest story last night uh, was KD coming up limp mm. after the jump shot. Right. And... And to me, it's, I mean, this is an interesting story. They're already ruling him out for game six and most likely game seven. They, the, hey, I tore my Achilles twice. I tore both of my Achilles. Mm. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have, I saw on Twitter, he had the classic torn right. Achilles reaction when he came down. Yeah. He shoots, he comes down, he, he, makes, he, he, make, he takes a, a, a step or two to run. All of a sudden, he yeah. looks around and some, like someone hit him, and that's right. what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you feel like somebody right. kicked you or threw a football at your, at right. your, at your, at your uh, heel, and you're like, the only thing is he didn't go straight down like most people go yeah, crumbling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Yeah. right. But, you, but then when he started to walk, try to walk, he could put no pressure on his toes. Like he was on his heel. Like that's how you are after the Achilles. You can't yeah. put any, you can't do the, you know, you can't put pressure on your toes, and he's, he's limps off like that. To me, that was even you know I have a friend who's an orthopedic surgeon. He said, "Yeah, that's that's a classic um, Achilles t- uh, rupture." Mm-hmm. But so, they, like pretty soon afterwards, they 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 claimed it was just a strained calf. Right. Nobody, I mean, is this a deal killer? I mean, they they were down by three. No, they were up by three when he got hurt, mm-hmm. and then they go up by five. So I mean, what does this you know does this kill him? <sighs> well, Curry, Curry, and Clay have to be lights out. They have to be. That's the thing, because they've struggled with their shooting throughout the series, and Duran has been able to bail them out, and also good ball movement has been able, you know, to bail them out, but they're, they're going to have to be lights out, just like they were in game six against OKC, that do-or-die game for them, where they made that comeback from 1-3, and they have to be that dominant in Houston. And also, too, but the thing is that they they're capable of doing that because I think they're just a mentally tough tougher team than the Rockets. And they and, and and Steph Curry and Clay, but Steph Curry especially stepped up. He had nine points at the time of the KD injury. He had nine points. 
Then I think he had what the he had like sixteen after the KD mm-hmm. injury. You know, he stepped up. He looked like a different player out there. Before yeah. the injury, he, he looked like his confidence well, was you low. Know, you know, and then now, as soon as that injury, he looked like he went into I'm the man mode. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, and, and that and that could be something, man. I mean, you know, to feel needed. Right. There is something to be said for people feeling needed. With KD on the team, mm-hmm. it's almost like shit, they don't necessarily need me. Right. Like mm-hmm. they need me for people kill. But now he's gone, and everybody now is into injury. Or they're into like Mighty Mouse mode. Everybody now like right. I'm needed. And and when was the last time? I mean, the whole conversation the last two years has been KD mm-hmm. and KD best player of all time and best blah, player blah, in the blah, world. Blah, blah. Best right player now. in the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, although the reason, now that he's hurt, I know we're going to talk about this. Now, now that KD is hurt, he'll end up in New York. Sure, bet. <laughs> yeah. Sure, bet. Now that he's hurt, he'll end up well, in New York. Well, that's one of the first things I thought. Like, when, when, he, when you know, if, if this turns out to be a, a terrible injury that's going to take time to recover. He still uh, gets a max contract, though. And, yeah, still but, does. But, yeah. But what yeah. happens? But it, it definitely changes the landscape of who he goes to maybe mm-hmm. in his own thing or who who wants to bring him in right what do you what do you think uh, no i think um i think he's still for example the clippers there's uh been um, reports not reports but just just speculation that him and Kawhi could come together and That'd join together in, in the clippers now if it's a situation like that then they can certainly sign cuz he gets a max contract regardless yeah. but but um they certainly will get him cuz then they have Kawhi you know, then when Durant comes back in January, February, they're all good. So, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have to do that much because they have Kawhi. But, but I think the metrics. You look at look at the metrics. Curry, the Warriors are a better team with Curry without Durant than Durant without Curry. Right. So, you know, I'm just saying. I think they could still close it out in Houston because of what they're used to playing together. Like, and and like you said, Curry now has that confidence now. Like, okay, now I can kind of be the main option once again. But it's going to be, I think, Houston. I mean, although I predicted them to go, I'm not a big fan of of Houston. But you got to feel they've got a big emotional thing of going home without KD. You know, I mean, now they can still collapse, but I'll make a prediction here. I think that they'll win. I think Houston will win in Houston. Right. And then that just leads you up to game seven. Mm -hmm. Game seven without KD I I don't know, man. That's I don't know. I mean, KD is rough. You yeah. know, KD is rough. I mean, <laughs> you know, all of a sudden, all, I mean, that's a big. <laughs> yeah. You ain't got to be a seven foot guy, man, who <laughs> could like shoot from anywhere. who could shoot from anywhere, right. <laughs> and not have to and play decent defense and too. play decent mm-hmm. defense. Yeah, I was like, if I got to deal with Draymond Green, Draymond Green or KD. Oh come on. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, Sean Livingston. You know, or like, KD he's starting. Any, yeah, right. That's right. the real thing. Is people talk about. How we, you know, we're going back to 2015 when they won. What was it? 2015. 2015. 2015 they won when, when they won the title with without KD. They had a strong, uh, you know, bench at that time. They still had Harrison Barnes. They don't have that anymore to yeah. take KD's place. Yep. Like right. their bench is like too deep. And everybody yeah. didn't hate them like they do now. Remember, right. 2015, they were still kind of like the little cuddly teddy bear. Everybody like everybody right. now. Not everybody, but. But a lot been of people for them. really despise mm-hmm. them. They've just been winning too much and all that. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But now, then it's two more series. Well, oh, yeah, 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 by yeah, him, more, you know, yeah, yeah. And Denver is proving more and more gaining experience. And Mike Malone is coaching like he's been there before. And Jokic is arguably the best player in the NBA okay, during okay, his playoff okay. season. Let, let's talk postseason. About it. Let's talk about me. Jokic now. I'm hearing discussions about this guy like he's fucking Will Chamberlain or something. <laughs> I mean, he's, like he, Will, he's not Will numbers. Not co- no not, one puts not, up Will his, numbers. His, Here's yeah. my question to you guys, and this goes back to something Isaiah Thomas said. If Jokic were a brother, do you think that 
he would people would be raving about him like the Reverend, or would it be more like, well, you kind of close supposed to do that? Be, supposed it, to be supposed it would be. It'd be close. It'd I mean, I'm sure he's getting a little extra, a little extra something, little little <laughs> little, uh, sprink, little sprinkles on top, mm-hmm. you know, great, because the of great that. white hope tax. Right, yeah. Yeah. not, not tax, but the, what do you call? <laughs> but the number the numbers are hard to argue. In fact, especially the analytic. You know, one of the analytic numbers I love is, is is player efficiency rating PER. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. and you look at this playoffs, he is he is he is leading in PER by far. And then just just to tell you that th- this is this is an accurate stat. Number two is Durant. Number three is is uh, Kawhi, Kawhi right? mm-hmm. and number four is the Greek Freak. So it's you know like he's he's a little above all those guys. Numbers don't lie is what you're telling <laughs> Numbers me. Numbers don't right? lie, and we see the it. commentators. I mean, do. I mean, you look at look up at his stats. You know, at the end of the game, and it's like. You know, 28, 13 rebounds, nine assists. And, you know, I mean, it's hard to is, argue. And, it's, and he's winning. Never stop me. <laughs> <laughs> and there's two things about Jokic that's interesting. He was a second round pick, you know, coming wow. out. You know, he's from, you know, uh, he's um, Serbian. Right. So he was, a, he was a second round pick. That's the thing. No one expected this. And in the beginning of his second season, he was benched. You know, he was benched for Nurkic. And then they took their pride. And I mean, they took their belief in Jokic to be able to trade Nurkic to the Portland Trailblazers, and then that was the thing with Jokic. Like, and Mike Malone told him, "You got to get your conditioning together." Well, he told him okay. that two seasons ago, and it showed when he did his thing and sixty-five minutes, right? Played sixty-five minutes yeah, against that was, Portland. That was crazy. And that's the thing. And he his conditioning was on point, except with, for the free throw, the missed free throw, but whatever. But still, to play sixty-five minutes, this guy. No, he's he's deserve, he deserves he deserves it for sure. He's basically he deserves a point guard from they run yeah. every the offense through him, so he catches okay, the ball just, at the yeah. post. And that's why he's getting those assists. You know, Jamal right. Murray's their their technical Not point guard, right. but doesn't he average about five assists because you got Jokic, who's the real playmaker. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I just had to raise it. No, it's no, my duty. Oh no, 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 it's no, my, no, no, it's no, my no, duty. Sure. But I think if he was a brother, he would, he would get definitely. He would get the because when you look at Russ with the triple doubles, he got all the love. You know, finish your thought. If he was a brother, he'd be getting. They'd be talking about him. Like they'd be raving about him. Yeah, they would for now. They they would for now. Yeah. You know for now for, yeah. for at least this year. Because Russ, because look at Russ Westbrook. It might be quicker to turn on him. L- look at but look <laughs> at Russ Westbrook. The triple doubles they raved him, and guess what? He hasn't really been bad. Yeah, like, like he should be for not making the out of the first round for but, you but, know. But so. he's been doing it for a long time. Right. Russ, mm-hmm. I'm saying if Jokic now, okay, you do it now. Now you come back. Next year, no, yep. no, and then the year after that, like over a period of five seasons, he has to keep it up. You, you yeah. have to keep it up. Oh, I mean, for sure. But he's still know. he's he's a young dude. He's still under twenty five. He's what? How old is he? Twenty four? Oh like yeah, that. he is twenty. Yeah, well, oh yeah, I had it right here. Oh, twenty four. Yeah, just yeah. turned twenty four. So he's a young yeah. kid. But let let me Embiid. Mm. You know, that's come up. You know, mm. Philadelphia. I mean, they they've got a tough game. They got a game in, uh, Thursday. Yep. Right. They're on the brink, and a lot, some people have been arguing that Embiid maybe not be in the best of shape. Maybe some of the, um, you know, that uh, that's an issue right. with him learning learn how to be a professional. What do you guys think about Embiid? He started off, you know, he's very fun loving. You guys saw him uh, firsthand yep. uh, when they he played against up. the Nets, yep. and he was like bogarting everybody and <laughs> crunching up everybody. Now, man, it's like he's limping to the foul. I mean, to the finish line. I mean, he dominated the Nets. But the Nets had nothing, had nobody, you know, his size or his right. and his skill to deal with him. Um, you know, you get into further in the playoffs. You play Toronto. They have Gasol. Uh, they have they have other uh, people on the front line: Ibaka, uh, Pascal Siakam. Um, there's just be- there's just more competition now, and the stakes are higher. And 
you know, he's now all of a sudden his conditioning and stuff is coming into play. You know, he's not he's you know he's sick. He, it seems like when he has a different sick, yeah, it seems like sick, a, a different ailment. Right. Every either it's his knees one day, but it's his sinuses the next. So he had a headache. He had remember he had the gas problems. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then, and his problem too is ju- is is letting people know about this. Right. If if you've got all that stuff, if you're sick, right. if you get on the court, don't talk about it. Just get out there and play, and don't complain because people will give you a pass if you don't complain. But if you bring it up as an excuse, or that your coach brings it up as an excuse, people don't want to hear that. Right. They, 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 you you hear people going back in history. Right. Let's see, <laughs> Jordan with the flu. <laughs> right. Willis Reed with one jo- leg. Jordan killed it. Like you you can't uh, you can't complain about being sick anymore. Jordan right. had a flu game. Right. Okay, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's become legendary. I don't know, man. I mean, has your, you guys saw him, uh, you saw him, uh, Nabate, in Brooklyn. Has your opinion of, of MB slid based on what you've seen now? That, well, that was the, his best game in the playoffs, that game in Brooklyn, that game four. He was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I think with him, it is a conditioning thing from the standpoint of, remember, he was coddled big time, didn't play for the first two seasons. Uh, first two pro seasons, he was inactive and things like that, and even this year too. So now, when it gets to the playoffs, he's only played more than thirty-two minutes just once. You know, excuse me, uh, twice he's played more than thirty-two minutes. So now it's a situation where he he's just getting used to the intensity of the playoffs, how they uh, defend him, and also too he needs there's not enough perimeter shooting in Philly. There's only Tobias really, and and also JJ Redick. To, but JJ struggled, so it's like yeah. when you have a point guard like Ben Simmons who doesn't have any yeah, outside about, shot, it crowds what, the lane. Yeah, what where, about Simmons, man? I mean, you talk about mm-hmm. MB, but Simmons, man, we've well, seen like he's taking. Five giant steps back. Yeah, yeah. just he does. He just doesn't have the offensive versatility, which will come. But you need it now. You need it now in this intense playoff <laughs> that's, atmosphere. That's that's so. the thing. Like we're, we're 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 rushing him because it's the playoffs and they need that now. But when you look at you look at his stats, I mean, he's a he's really a dominant point guard. I looked at his stats compared to Magic Johnson, his second his second or third year when they were all twenty two years old. I looked at it yesterday. Magic Johnson, Ben Simmons, and Jason Kidd, for instance, all three guys couldn't really shoot when, when they were younger. Problem is, you'll never be Magic. Magic was just better. Okay, mm-hmm. Magic had got more rebounds, more mm-hmm. assists. He was just a better player. Right. But Magic only took like one, like like a point three three pointers a game in in his when he was twenty two years old. So he and didn't that, really have a th- he wasn't really a threat either. And that was the bef- the three point shot was right. like the first two years of that. Right. Too. So so, so yeah. he wasn't t- he wasn't taking threes. Later in his career, he became adequate at it. The, the, it's it's glaring now because right they don't have enough. Mm-hmm. Around and him. we're in a different NBA game now. Right. It's perimeter well, that, oriented. Yep. Exactly, mm-hmm. and it seems like he's just lost his confidence based on well, what how he came in, which which it happens to young people in general mm-hmm. and after whatever. He just lost his confidence because he at least needs to shoot. I've said this all year long. You at least need to attempt the shot. You know, you're not. You at least need to keep the team honest, but also for your own confidence, you mm-hmm. need to you need to take the shot during games. If you refuse to right. shoot. It just gets worse every game. Then the reporters start asking you, what is, what's going on? You're afraid to shoot. He has to make up an, an excuse every why he's not. Right, right, so it's right, almost right. like, at this point, he has the yips. It's almost like a second baseman who can't throw to first. You know? <laughs> who was that? Who was the Yankees second baseman? Chuck Knobloch. Chuck Knobloch, who just Knobloch. couldn't make the turn. Yeah, and he's that was a gold glover. <laughs> you know, shows so. how crazy the mental game is. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so we were not we're killing people. What about uh, Kyrie. Boston Kyrie? Mm-hmm. You know, last but not last but not least, again, you know, you guys going into the season, you know, Celtics 
were supposed to be the Eastern Conference champion. They had this great blah, 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 blah. So what's your take on, on, on the Celtics and particularly Kyrie? Well, Kyrie Irving, uh, he, he asked for this. He asked to be the main option, which is nothing wrong with that. You know, I think, and Kyrie has stepped up for most of his Boston career. It's just the last four games he struggled. It happens, you know. But it was the worst time for this to happen. So um, I think it's a situation where now it's so funny. He had, there's some foreshadowing. He talked about LeBron, how he talked to LeBron and kind of apologized. That's some foreshadowing. I think he's going to the Lakers. I think he's going to rejoin Braun. And remember, they don't have a coach because the Ty Lue situation, they disrespected Ty Lue because they put him in a situation where he's going to fail. So I think Kyrie is going to go in and say, like, listen, we're going to, we want, I want to pick the coach as well. I want to have, like, feedback on the coach as well and be with LeBron. And I think Kyrie needs to be with another guy that he truly respects. And I think he saw the teaching of LeBron James when they were in Cleveland together. And I think they re- get reunited, for what, sure. What, what was the deal with uh, 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 with Tyrone? Uh, Tyrone? He, he took himself out. Yeah, of, three year, of they gave him a three-year offer. They wanted Kurt Rambis to be part Kurt of the uh, – to be his assistant uh, head coach. And he never worked with Kurt Rambis. So Tyrone wanted to pick the coaches, pick his staff – as well as get five years. Yeah, you they know? lowballed him with like, money a little bit. David Fisdale got five years. You know, What's all the, the coaches Monty, got Monty, five uh, years. Monty, Monty Williams, Williams got, got five, five years. And Lou, yeah. has, Lou has a ring. And, and a ring. And, uh, right, exactly. So maybe with all and the knows fans. Braun, and it's like this with LeBron. But, but so LeBron, I mean, he couldn't, LeBron couldn't, like, muscle that situation? Ooh, you know what? Know. Damn muscle, if he, muscle, muscle that into center field? Damn, I like, I like damn what, if he do, damn if he don't. Yeah, I like what, you know, I like what Lou did. I like what Lou did. He, you know, he wanted, he knew what he was worth. He's no, he no longer wants to get stepped over like Iverson did to him. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> although, although he was one, remember that series, he took Iverson out at the end of the day. He took him out. He took him out. I mean, obviously, he had a great team. Anyway, but now Kyrie, though, let's, let's get back to Kyrie. If you're a general manager, do you, are you looking at Kyrie the way you used to look at Kyrie? Are you looking at Kyrie now the way you did in September? It's like, you know, now you know, I don't know. I'm not. I'm Cleveland, not I don't know. Now he's kind of Boston, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now he wants to come in Los Angeles, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not to be honest. I mean, he's a, he is a great player, but I do think it's pretty clear now he's a number two um, on the championship he's, team. And, and he's not. And he's not a pure point guard. He's already he's shown he showed that this year and this playoffs mm-hmm. also. He's not the point guard that's going to get right. everybody playing together and and get the ball moving around. Mm-hmm. He is a scorer. Like that's what he's thinking, he, you know. After after game what four, mm-hmm. when he said when he was what what six for twenty two or something like that, he's like I should have taken thirty shots. <laughs> that's not what. Even if that's true, I, I get the mentality like you you want to you know shoot yourself out of a slump. But if you're a point guard and you're trying to get the team the team involved and playing better, that's not what mm-hmm. you say. And this is why he should be with the Lakers. He should be playing the two next to Lonzo. Lonzo should be the starting point, and then and that I, will make him more effective. For and sure. I totally agree with you about the Lakers. Now I was at. You know, before his performance in the playoffs, I was like, he's not going back to LeBron. That's crazy. He would look stupid. If I'm the Knicks, well, the Knicks would they'll, probably they'll work. Do <laughs> but the Nets, who, I, who are a right. smart organization, you know, they're actually a smart organization mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not see the Nets uh, giving him a max contract to be their one free agent yeah. pickup. Why would you do that? Right. Right. He's not going to – he right. had more talent – with Boston than he, than he would have with, with Brooklyn. And, and also he starts to – a slow decline because he's at his peak right injuries. now. Towards injuries. Injuries. Oh, you know, you, you, yeah. every, every day, ever since high school, this guy's been hurt. Mm-hmm. You almost like any 10 games, if we get through 10 games. But let, let me ask you guys something. 
what does this do for the Nets? You guys spent a lot of time uh, out at uh, in Brooklyn during the playoffs mm-hmm. and during that playoff run. What is what, what? What's the state of the Nets? I mean, does the Nets, does the Knicks continue decline? And, and again, at this point, even if KD comes, I mean, I'm not clear if they get KD. I don't know if, if any of those are silver bullets. Right. What does where where are the Nets now? I mean, they they finished on a relative high. Where 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 are the um, where are the where are the Nets now? Well, the Brooklyn Nets, um, I think right now. I don't think they're going to get any of the major uh, free agents. I just don't do they, do see they, it. Do they need it? Um, and why? I think I think actually they need someone like a Tobias Harris. I think he would be perfect because he's still on the upside. He's around 26, 27 years old. He's from the area. He's an exemplary human being who you want to represent your organization. Uh, so I think someone like a Tobias Harris and maybe a Julius Randle to add as well. Someone, you know, like a, 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 a borderline all-star type of player where Harris can be an all-star. Um, I think they need to aim towards that. But with the cap, Alan Crabb's contract is a problem because he, he picked up that option for $18.5 million. So, that, so they can't get two max players. So if they end up getting uh, re-signing D'Angelo Russell, max in, uh, excuse me, matching the offer sheet, then they only have one, and they get Tobias Harris. I think, and they can build because they still got Levert on the upside. They still got Joe Harris on the. You know, they still got a lot of nice pieces. Right. Let me ask you this: But you said <laughs> you don't think they'll get one of the big free agents, and this is why. Like, do you think Brooklyn? Like, is right? Is Brooklyn organizationally like, can't, large, like people don't want to go there? Like, why just, you just yeah. Yeah. Is it just because they're in Brooklyn? I, I, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn before you start. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, don't, going over that bridge smash, is tough, Don't man. smash the borough. Don't smash the borough. Uh, you know, it, it's funny. Okay, the only big-time free agent they have a chance for is Durant, and that would be it. That's great. You know, but but they have a, a shot. Just in general, um, I just feel like, yeah, I think they want to build. I think they personally would prefer building and developing players because they've done a great job doing so that. What, so, so you guys had some conversations with some players, some Nets players, um, tell, tell me, I mean, you had some kind of interesting conversation with some Nets players. What were those conversations uh, about? Well, Joe Harris I spoke with, and uh, he we talked about uh, how New York City is exciting once again to have playoff basketball, especially in Brooklyn, and uh, also talked about the amazing player development uh, that's spearheaded by GM Sean Marks and, um, and head coach Kenny Atkinson. So that was a great conversation I had with Joe. And also look at Joe before he went, he was pretty much dead in the water. You know, he was, I mean, they, he was a total reclamation project that now he became the 2019 three-point shootout champ right. and one, one of the top three three-point shooters in the league percentage-wise. So let's, let's listen to what Joe Harris had to say with um, Mr. Joe Harris, uh, three-point shooting champion 2019 and uh, one of the main clocks for the uh, Brooklyn Nets. How are you, sir? Doing well, thank you. Yeah. Talk about this year. How has your individual confidence as well as the team confidence been so parallel in making it all the way to the playoffs? Yeah, I think um, you kind of look just across the board. Uh, everybody on this team has sort of made individual strides and improved. Uh, and then, you know, that obviously benefits the collective unit as a whole, you know, because we've made individual strides from a development standpoint, we've collectively improved as well. We've added some good pieces, but I think, you know, a lot of that hinges just on the fact that, you know, Kenny and the rest of the staff here in Brooklyn do such a good job with player development in the off season. 
how special has it been for Brooklyn, for, for New York City basketball to get the playoffs once again? How, how much pride do you guys take in that? Oh, we took a lot of pride in that. Um, obviously, you know, New York is a basketball city. We've had great fans all year long, and um, you know they've been waiting for for this moment to have playoff basketball uh, in Brooklyn again. You know I think it's been four years now, and uh, yeah, they've been they've been fantastic all season. And you know the other game the other day, um, you know unbelievable showing from them, and then we expect the same this afternoon. So it's been fun um, having playoff basketball back, but it's, you know it's been great for the fans as well. You know that's always going to be the dilemma of of the Brooklyn Nets or the Nets in general, since they were founded. They're always going to be in the shadow Mm -hmm. of the Knicks and Madison Square Garden. So, you know, uh, if they – I think what they've got to do, though, while the Knicks are in this wilderness, they need to get it done. They need to – in these next two, three years, they need to figure it out because if the Nets – if the Knicks do figure it out, Mm -hmm. in the next – it's over. I mean – Right. Yeah, Yeah, and I I think, obviously, uh, the playoffs was was a great first step. Uh, as far as that goes, in terms of gaining momentum, and I, I think New York, New York uh, City fans are as bandwagon as anybody. So, mm-hmm. so if the if the Nets get good, you know, the, the stadium's going to sell yeah. out. People, people will root for them, right. especially people from Brooklyn. You know, like the third largest city, if it were a city yeah. in the country, just want to shout that out there. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I also, I also, I also uh, got a chance to hear what uh, Brooklyn Nets coach Kenny Atkinson and. Uh, GM uh, Sean Marks had to say in their exit press conference after they were eliminated by the 76ers. Um, and one of the you know the main questions that people had is, you know, do you know do they think that they can they can make a dent uh, in the city you know as compared to the Knicks? And do they think that this this season will help them in free agency? And this is what uh, Sean Marks had to say. Again, there's a lot of positives that have come out of this year. Um, you know, can only help. And I, I think it's uh, again, it goes back to really establishing identity and establishing that we're going to go out there every night. Our guys are going to compete. You know, Kenny and the staff have got them playing at a, at a high level, competing. They're never out of games. Um, you know, it's going to attract you know free agents. People are going to want to play here. They're going to want to play for Kenny. They're going to want to play in Brooklyn. They're going to play for this ownership group. Um, and I think we have a lot of things going for us. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously they think that this season, uh, being in Brooklyn, they, they expect to get free agents. We shall see. Well, we'll see. And, and, and again, you know, what, what I find fascinating about this year is how everything is kind of shifting slowly back east. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, remember for the past five years, everything was west, 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 mm-hmm. except for LeBron. Now all of a sudden the east, Toronto, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, mm-hmm. give it to them, mm-hmm. Uh, Boston could be. They were in the mix. You know, uh, the Nets. I mean, I think there's some energy, a lot of energy. Oh, clearly Milwaukee, and who knows how far. So that's what I found interesting. But it also puts Brooklyn in a a spot where where it's not easy anymore. I mean, it's it's really going to be tough. But I I, I agree with you, Jamal. I mean, if if the Nets had the success now this year that they had about, about Seven or eight with, years with ago, Jason Kidd. Back Jason Kidd. When they going to, if they would do that here, back to back years, it's a whole I, different story. I, I think it'd be a whole different, different dynamic. Well, we're gonna we're gonna continue to talk Nets uh, coming up. We're gonna talk with Tim Capstraw, uh, the the longtime Nets color man uh, for Nets Radio. So we'll see what what Tim has to say about the Nets uh, prospects and free agency and what this this you know wonderful season is gonna do for them in the future. 
Yeah, the great Tim Capstraw. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 180,000 book titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, and MP3 player. For you, the listeners of Bill Roden on Sports, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. We highly recommend that you check out the classic $40 Million Slaves, The Rise, Fall, and Redemption of the Black Athlete by the one and only William C. Roden, an absolute must-read. To download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports. Again, that's audibletrial.com backslash Bill Roden on Sports for your free audiobook. Check it out. We're joined today by Tim Capstro, who's, who's actually in his 17th season as the Nets uh, radio color analyst. So what, what was your feeling, you know, coming into the season for the Nets, and, and do you agree that they kind of exceeded expectations? I will say that over the last few years, witnessing it from uh, my vantage point, uh, I was really impressed with how they were doing things, like how they – just the day-to-day operation of how hard these guys work, the type of people they were trying to have involved, the, the, the way their – their development program was, I was really, really impressed. I saw, I would talk about it often in the last couple of years, but there really wasn't um, victories to show for it. And I thought people, you know, so believed me, but at the same time, were a little bit cautious. You win 20 games, anywhere in 28. Why are you getting so excited? But I thought there was something really different going on. And uh, being, a, uh, being that I've been there 17 years, I had seen a number of re- regimes. Uh, uh, and I saw that this was different, and I sensed that they would continue to be better and improve, but I did not think that they would be in the playoffs this year. I thought they would get maybe 34, 35 wins. They would finally get their draft picks. Maybe it would be year four. They'd get a little closer. Year five, they make the playoffs. This was a, this was a wonderful, uh, nice surprise because they were in. The biggest hole you can ever put, you know, that has ever a team has ever been in, an organization has been in, and look what they had done uh, with their draft picks. With draft picks they didn't have, right? Created draft picks and got guys like Jared Allen and Karis LeVert, right? And then made guys like Joe Harris players and found Spencer Dinwiddie in in the D League and the G League, and now it's the G League. So uh, that I thought it was just fascinating watching it evolve. But the speed of with with which everything came about, uh, boy, oh boy, that, it was it was a little surprising. But then you got greedy. Then you saw them win like twenty out of what I don't know twenty eight games. You're saying, hey, this team's got a chance. And it was nice that they made that big, huge leap into the playoffs. Now, obviously, when, with with some success comes you know future pressure. So you could look at it as a, maybe it's we all look at it as a great thing that they made the playoffs. But is it possible? that this added pressure coming into next season could be a bad thing? Oh, um, I think, you know, you, you usually say that in college all the time. And, and, and Bill might not be familiar with this. They used to tell college coaches when they take over a job, don't win too fast. <laughs> right. Right. Don't win too fast. You want to be, you want to be Tim, the builder. You want to be building. Cause the moment you go up too high and you go backward, you know, that. But I think because of the way things transpired with the Nets this year, and it was kind of a surprise, that say the Nets had a little bit of a hiccup. And I don't really anticipate that. Because I think they might have helped themselves that they could be a player in free agency and all that. But if they had a hiccup, 
listen, I think there's enough goodwill, and I think everybody sees what's going on, that they understand that uh, it, that's just a hiccup in the real tra trajectory of this organization, even if it takes a step back it's so, in some way is, is, is forward. It's, it's, it's upward, and uh, I think everybody would understand. Tim, with the D'Angelo Russell situation um, and everything, uh, now he's, he's a restricted free agent coming up. There's been talk about him getting a, a max offer sheet. Will this still happen after his uh, after um, his situation, which he was caught with weed um, at the airport and everything? Will that really affect his status of getting a max contract, or will it lessen the amount of suitors that will be involved? I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think it will affect much. I think he's built up so much goodwill. He has really been an impressive, hardworking, uh, terrific player, but hardworking, uh, as personable as you could be. His teammates really like him. Right. The coaches admired the way he works. I think, although this, you know, it's not anything, you know, that it, I don't want to downplay it, but I think because he had built up so such goodwill over the last couple of years, I know within the Nets organization, I don't think he would, there, there would be any, you know, you, listen, uh, I don't, again, I don't want to downplay it, but he, he had, again, been so positive in everything that he's done that I think um, he'll catch it. I, I, I think that I don't know that it would affect numbers in any way. I, I, would, I wouldn't have any inside information on that. And uh, you can only speculate uh, if other people might be affected by it. But honestly, I think he's done a wonderful job of straightening out his reputation over the last couple of years. That's it. I don't know if it was ever that bad, but he was a young kid that maybe said did something awkward out in out in L.A. We all know that, and I think he's done a wonderful job of that. Is this a good thing? No, it's not. But at the same time, I don't think it's going to uh, affect him that much. I guess you know we talked about this earlier. It depends. It depends on the organizational need. You you know the way this league. I mean, we do talk about character, but talent talent is pretty important too. You know, um, I, and I guess, you know, with Daniels, the thing is just judgment. You know, um, you know, just, you know, you have to exercise good judgment. Let me ask you this, Tim. You've had such long history with um, the Nets going when they were in Brooklyn. And, I mean, uh, they were in Long Island, uh, New Jersey. Do you think anything the Nets can do can sort of put them on equal footing with the Net, with the Knicks? I mean, you know, we saw those years where they went to back-to-back -back finals and all that. Do you right. think there's anything they could do to basically, um, I, I don't know, say Clifton, that's, I don't think, uh, Nick, I don't think that's it, but, no. yeah. Uh, I, I'm not, um, listen, I think just keep being a class organization, being a <laughs> class, and, 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 and keep getting better. I thought there was very good traction this year. TV, TV ratings went way up. Yes, this is a Knicks town. What I like about Kenny Atkinson, he tells everybody, I was a Knicks fan. I, I love Knicks. <laughs> All right. I mean, I love how he says that. He's not ashamed to say, I, I was a Knicks fan. I grew up a Knicks fan. I, I love it. I want us both to be good. There's room enough for both of us to be good. But I think what the Nets want, need to worry about is just be who they are. They don't right. have to be. They don't have to battle against the Knicks. Just be who you are. Be that be that other team and 
and just be really good. I right. think there's there's enough people in this area. Heck, Brooklyn's the fourth largest city in America. If people right. in Brooklyn embrace it, that, you don't have to be that person. But if you keep doing good things and you win enough, and the Knicks, well, if they make some some mistakes, you'll start to you're you're going to I, I think impact impact that. I think even this year they did. Even if you're a Knicks fan, you have to respect the job that the Nets have done. And, uh, again, uh, just paraphrasing Kenny Atkinson, there's enough room for everybody to be good. There's enough room, and, uh, it's, you know, there's a history of the Knicks that, is going, that goes back generations. So you, 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 can't, you can't expect to do that, but that's not who you're competing against. You're, right. you're, trying, to, you're trying to win an NBA championship. And along the way, people will probably hop on board. That's the way it works. But you don't have to worry about another team in your city. Just go do your job and 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 just be who you are. You could be that. You might not be the big uh, the big the big club in the city. You might be that little that little stylish place right to the side. That's a little bit better, though. You know, it, it, it's all how you it's all how you look at the, you know whatever. Whatever, whatever restaurant you like. If it's a big, big, big massive restaurant, I mean, it's a Knicks, there might be that other one around the corner that's pretty awesome, too. Right. And maybe that's who the Nets are. So I think it's all cool with, every, with both teams. And, again, if both teams are – I want both teams to be good at the same time sometime because the Nets have been decent and then, the, you know, a couple stretches. And then the Knicks have – it's been a while when they were good and it's been a long time. The Nets weren't any good there, so it'd be cool to see both teams good at the same time. Uh, I, I think I think that I don't think I think basketball is no better than when the Knicks are doing really really well. And if you got the Knicks doing really really well and Brooklyn doing really really well, I agree with you. I think that would be phenomenal. It would be phenomenal for the NBA. Clearly, it'd be great for this city. Uh, do you think that uh, the Nets are a, a can call themselves yet a destination yet? for the likes of a guy like Durant or Kyrie or, you know, one of sort of the top shelf uh, free agents, uh, you know. Uh, I don't, I, you know why? Because guys want to win. Right. And I think they, they I think there's some, you got to at least look. That, there's a nuclear, there's a young nucleus there that, all right, you put one, maybe one and a half, two guys there that they know are really good. They know the the guys talk around the league. They know the way they love the way that uh, Kenny Atkinson coaches. They like the general manager. They they the atmosphere as far as uh, the practice facility. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there, yeah. Nice. I was there when they It blow you away. Very cool. I mean, and it, let's be honest. As much as New York is New York, it's pretty cool to be in Brooklyn these days. You know what I mean? Like and. And I don't know. I think they got a shot because of the positive momentum. And I don't know because I'm not really in the loop, but NBA players say NBA players talk to each other all the time. And I tell you what, talk about first class, man. And that's do everything first class. So I think they got a shot. And if they, if you know, but they're not so dependent on it that they're going to, they're going to crumble because they'll keep building organically and, and, and filling some spots. 
But they certainly going to try to make a run at a, at a player or two, that's for sure. Speaking of Kenny Atkinson, we've mentioned his name a couple of times. Uh, and you're, you're a former coach yourself, at you know, former Division One coach, 28 years old, and you came out of Wagner College and everything. Um, now talk about, you've seen the practices. You've seen how Kenny communicates and relates to his players. What has made them improve at a steady rate? What has Kenny been able to do to develop them and provide them with that confidence to be able to get better and better? What is Kenny's method? What's the method to his madness in a good way? Well, players <laughs> want to know that they're going to get better, right? That they get better. In the, his, his thing is, if we can make you better individually as a team, uh, we're going to get a lot better. Well, now we need to play as a team, but I can make you better individually. That's what he's always taken pride in. Uh, it goes back to Jeremy Lynn. Uh, he was the insanity coach that got it, that gave him the positive energy. It's what he was known for throughout the NBA, whether it be in Houston or Atlanta or with the Knicks uh, as a developmental kind of guy. So he takes so much pride in that, that I think players like that, uh, like that they're getting better. He also has a natural positive energy about him. He can be tough, but at the same time, he doesn't walk around like somebody you don't want to be around or you're not fearing him. He can be, and he also has put together a great staff. He's got Jacques Vaughn on the staff. He's got guy Chris Fleming. These guys are, and they have a lot of people that just have good positive energy all about them all the time, and it's about working hard and getting better. That's why those guys like Spencer Dinwiddie, who are workaholics, and D'Angelo Russell, who is a really good, a, a good talent, but probably had to be molded, that's why they're there. That's why they stay there all summer. They have right. a performance team of trainers and fitness and nutritionists. It's really detailed. And uh, I just think uh, Kenny's right in the mix of guys. He can, he can teach them, but, uh, and guys know they're getting better. And let's be honest, everybody's got their own – they want the team to do well, but they want to do well themselves. And if they can, if they can improve, uh, they like it. Their families like it, their agents like it, and uh, their pocketbooks like it. You know, they get a lot more money <laughs> if they're playing at a high level. And, and, and Kenny's made some money for some guys also. Yeah, Tim, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in terms of, uh, you know, talking about the Nets are, are going to be good either way. Um, I also I agree with you free agent-wise that guys are going to, they're going to consider Brooklyn. It's a no-brainer. You're in, you're in a big city. Uh, you know, they're a team that's on the rise already. We've already talked about that. A bunch of young guys. And like you said, even if they do, they strike out, let's say they strike out in free agency, they've already got this young core and they've already proven that they're, that they're great talent evaluators and that, and that guys get better under them. Let's, let me just look at the, at the current roster now with all these young uh, up-and-coming stars. You have Karis LeVert, we've mentioned, D'Angelo Rus Russell, Spencer Dinwiddie, you just mentioned. You got Jared Allen, Who's an up, who, who, who could be an all-star center in a couple of years if his growth continues. Or you have Karooks, who was a pleasant surprise. So you have a lot of guys, uh, you know, that, that, that are going to get better and better, you know, regardless if they get a free agent or not. So I just feel like, you know, I agree with you in terms of, you know, either way the Nets have proven that they're, that they're on the rise, free agent or not. No, I, 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 I agree with that. They're, they're going to be good to play. And the guys that are there are going to keep getting better. Jared Allen's going to gain 10 pounds and really work on his game. And what a class kid he is. 
Karis LeVert is like my favorite young player in the league. And I, I just love everything about him. And he was an amazing story this year with that unbelievable ankle injury that he had, and yet was able to come back and really be the next best player in the playoffs. Right. There's a lot of, there's a lot, you know, I'm not, I don't, I, you know, I, I sound like a cheerleader for him, but there is a lot to be pumped up about with this organization. I, I've been thinking about this, about the Nets, um, you know, pretty much all season. You mentioned Karis LeVert, uh, D'Angelo Russell, both those guys had breakout seasons. Karis LeVert obviously had his season upended with, with that crazy ankle dislocation in the beginning of the year. Remember, he came out so strong in the beginning of the year, and he was clearly their best player. I wonder if his injury in some way helps the Nets long-term because it allowed D'Angelo Russell to step in and be the leader. Does that make any sense to you? It makes a ton of sense, and that was a, that's a great statement. I'm going to steal that. That is <laughs> you don't. No, no, seriously, that, 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 could, that, is, that is exactly kind of what evolved. And you even saw it when, when times when D'Angelo Russell was injured, I think, uh, and other times in Dinwiddie had to step up and play at a high, real high level. The injuries created opportunities for this net team. And, guys, you're right, D'Angelo Russell would not have been D'Angelo Russell had it not been for the Levert injury. He got, had to become uh, much more of a force. Uh, Kenny Atkinson had to under, try to figure out how to understand uh, D'Angelo Russell's game. Now, if you're a coach and you're watching D'Angelo Russell, sometimes he can make – but when I watch, everybody loves him. And I, I, I become, it took me a longer time because he has a looseness about him. Mm-hmm. He has a creativity about him that is great but you have to live with some things with him. And I think because of the, the absence of Levert, uh, the coaching staff, the Brooklyn Nets had to live with some things and let D'Angelo go right. and let him be who he is, not, and let him feel the game. And, 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 and because of that, he got the freedom, he got the time to show that he could be an NBA all-star. And you're right. You, that was a, uh, that's, that's a great statement as that because guys, we're in and out. When guys were out, the guy, it was it, we, we called it plug and play. Guys right. were plugged in, and boy, would they play, and they would play at a high level. And because of that absence of Levert, uh, that did create uh, an opportunity to not only let uh, D'Angelo Russell play, he was going to play, but to be a guy that you got to really go, you got to loosen the road, you got to let, let him go a little free out there. Let him do some things. Let him be himself. You can't yank him out if you don't let, let him play right. because of that. And yeah, Kenny Atkinson says that, and, it, and it's true. And he's like, like an artist, man. He's a little bit, he's, he's loose, but he's, he's together. But then his vision of passing is, is so beautiful. And yet he'll take some funky shots, but then he'll make them. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, no, 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 yes. But he does it <laughs> all the time. And he is just. Just I don't. I, it was fun to watch that evolve all, all season long. You you've been covering the Nets for a long time. If if you're going to pick your all time Nets team, your five team right now, who would your five players be? Your all time Nets five. That I have seen. That yeah. I have, that I have, that I have seen. Yeah. Oh, Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. So easy. It's scary. It was a privilege to watch him play every, not just play but compete. His will. <laughs> was the most special thing I had ever seen in an athlete. 
He could have, mm. his eyes would tell his teammates to start playing hard, and they would play hard because he looked at them. Mm. And they, wow. and he would just, he was an amazing. And at the time when he was with the Nets, remember, uh, he transforms his game. He was, he couldn't, he didn't, have, he didn't have a jump shot unless they needed to make a jump shot late in the game. He was one of those guys couldn't make them all game. He was, he's the one that jumps out at me by a mile. Now I got to do some thinking right now because I got him. I love Kenyon Martin. I, I thought okay. the, how hard he played. I thought he was uh, an amazing, great player. Uh, Vince Carter, because of the talent level he had and his player for greatness. Mm. And it's amazing that he is still, now he's going to go into his 22nd year. Unbelievable. I don't know another athlete that was a superstar. I mean, a flat-out superstar. He was a highlight reel every day on SportsCenter. A country got better at basketball because of him. And now you see all these Canadian kids that are terrific players. And, uh, you know, he, he... and, he, and now he's evolved into a, a role player and, and, a, and a veteran role player. I never saw that really before. You don't really see guys comfortable with doing that. I almost think he's enjoyed the last five years of his NBA career as much as, as, much as any of them. Um, That's a great you know, point. Brooke Lopez is a good player. Brooke Lopez, is a, he's a good player. He was he – a, he, so I put him in there, Lopez, and then maybe um, – uh, let's see what we got right now. I, I, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, Jefferson. I don't know who the fifth guy would be. I'm not what about? Of, well, I, I might be missing the Maybe KG. Maybe KG. Because he, oh. he 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 brought oh, a not winning. Not when he was with the Nets. Nah. Nah, you don't think? Not the Nets. Nah, I didn't love him with the Nets. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I thought he was okay. Smash I mean, because he made he made big plays in the player. playoffs. Like you know, like his veteran presence. I love. I love him. Wait, wait. Here, I know he's one of my favorite players ever. Because of his, he was a he was a crazy man every day. I loved the way he worked. But he he um, not with the Nets. I didn't feel it. Now I wouldn't give hit him. You know something though? <laughs> You're right about one thing. If you wanted one more guy in your starting five to win, yeah, he would probably get everybody fired you up. You can't, you can't you can't go wrong. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you 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 know something. You're not wrong. For one, <laughs> not maybe not for a season, but for one game, that's <laughs> a hell of a call. <laughs> that's a hell of a call. But I'm talking, not talking about 82 games. I'm talking about one. One game. Right. That's right. That, like that game seven right. when so him and I, Paul Pierce yeah. won it for them in Toronto. Him and Paul Pierce, they made the difference. Oh, Those right. two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did. They did. They did. And Pierce was good. Really good too. I, you know, something. All right, now I got six. So you gotta be <laughs> but, 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 but you're not, you're not putting, uh, you're not putting Darren Williams in there out here. Yeah. So bad. He had about a, he had a year, a decent year, I would say, at least a year. You remember when we, remember when the argument was in the NBA? Who was the best point guard? Was it Chris Paul or Darren Williams? Yeah. That yeah. was about three years. That was about three years of an argument right there, yeah. right? And yeah. they were both drafted the same draft, too. Darren was drafted ahead of Chris Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I know, but I, remember, that's how wild it was that he, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, what, uh, what the deal was. But he had an awful lot of talent, and, yeah. and it just didn't, just didn't work out. You know, it's, it's, I, don't, you know I don't know. Yeah. I thought maybe... Maybe Jerry Sloan was good for him. Maybe the Utah situation was better than he 
than people think for some players. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, my, less distractions. You know, you can just fo- focus on basketball. I mean, New York, obviously, there's probably no bigger difference anywhere than, than New York and Utah. So, I mean, you know, some, I guess New York is for some people and not for others. You know what he was? He was a system player, though. There's more of a – in Utah, you had to run the system. And Jerry Sloan – so I, I thought that created huge, at times, tension between those two. But mm-hmm. it might have been the best – that might have been where he flourished the best. You know, you never know what's, what's best for you to, to when you look back at I don't know. Yeah. Never have an opportunity I, – I, I, don't, I don't know him on that level to ever ask him. You know, I don't know if I'd be comfortable because uh, – but it's a shame. He, no, he wouldn't make the – the answer is he wouldn't make my top <laughs> Tim, thanks a lot for joining us. Um, really appreciate it. We got we got some much much uh, needed Nets talk out of the way. We've been meaning to, to <laughs> we've been meaning to dedicate some time to the Nets and really like dig in to see where they are. You know, going into free agency. So we really appreciate uh, you joining us. All right, thanks guys. Th- All right. Thanks a lot, Tim. All right, take care. It was a lot of fun. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs> That's it. That's it, Bill. Uh, yeah. What? Are you have anything else to say? No, no. You got any, any last minute predictions? What's going to uh, happen? So you, so my you... favorite. Who are my favorite players now in, in Boston? Uh, oh, once Whoever, again, once yeah, again, uh, the, manager, <laughs> the manager. Yeah, Alex, Alex Cora. Cora. Yeah, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Yeah, Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts. Yeah, Jackie Bradley Jr. Jackie Bradley. Yeah, Rafael Devers. Go Devers. <laughs> Sandy Leone. All right, Aguado Nunez. Yes, sir. David Price. David uh, yeah. Price, new Chris, hero. I can't believe <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be rooting for the Boston Red Sox. We're all in. Christian Vas, Christian Vasquez. Excuse oh, me, and Hector Velasquez. That's right. <laughs> what, and why, why do you? think all the, the the brothers are latin brothers why do you all it, it's no coincidence that all of them i have no idea bill i don't, I don't know what i don't <laughs> know what they that? have against this president <laughs> anyway well but 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 jd jd uh, martinez is going okay so okay. one and uh, and he he's you know he's into the white uh, the right wing memes and everything so oh yeah yeah so that little freudian uh, slip there <laughs> hey, listen, my co-host uh, uh, Jamal Murphy. Yes, uh, definitely. Want to thank again Tim Capstro for joining us. Um, we'll be back next week, and of course, as always, uh, find us on iTunes. Uh, like the show, uh, give us those five stars, and rate the show. Tell us what you liked and all that good stuff. And we will be back next week with another episode. Right, Bill? All right. Yes, well, yeah. That's the plan. Right. All right. See see y'all. Have a great week. God bless. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.